DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for our listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often, so sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate. has plenty of instructions for my for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Download the top-ranked DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 to $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code TBPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, one 800 Nine with it. No better way to do that than some podcast recording, right? Yes. <laughs> you know that's right. You know that's right. <laughs> All right. Why don't you welcome people back? Folks. You better welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I am your host, William Blue, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. <laughs> Nets Nation, are you ready for the deep off-season? <laughs> We are back each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. And Nets Nation, Simon and I are aware you are probably quite distressed. You expected a podcast one to two days ago. You haven't gotten it yet. Here it is. Simon, do you want to tell our listeners what we did instead of record? Yes, folks. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know that there are two, count them, two immersive Van Gogh experiences in New York City. Uh, unfortunately, none of them are in Brooklyn, where the uh, players play, but they um, they are in Manhattan, and um, they are immersive. Uh, we went to one of them. I can't actually say how the other one is, but if you if you're going to... Uh, if you've been to the one on the low east side, 299 right, South Street, it. yeah. 299 South Street, um, you have experienced what we've experienced, which was a, an undoubtedly unique um, encounter with um, one of, if not the greatest painters of all time. He did it first, he did it best. <laughs> Follow. That's really not why we missed the podcast, though. Uh, right. Because <laughs> we had every intention of then sneaking in for just a single drink at the old 169 bar. Right. But one thing snowballed into another, and before you knew it, we determined that it would probably be more fun to sit 
in 169 bar talking about um, esoteric politics and people younger than us. <laughs> uh, instead, Which are an increasing percentage of the population, I must say. Yes, particularly the bar population. Yes. Uh, so anyway, ended up doing that. Simon had some, some other engagement later in the evening. We just weren't able to get to it, but we're here now. Because we are uh, ever faithful to you, our listening audience. Yes, that's that's completely right. Uh, not to mention, we have just, you know, it may be the offseason, but we have a huge amount to get to. Uh, okay. I mean, that's t- that's totally uh, untrue and baseless, what I'm telling uh, you folks. But. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for whatever you throw at me. Yeah, no, this is going to be... Uh, well, this is a kiss of death here, but this is going to be a relatively short one, we think. Um, our next podcast, which will come out next weekend on time, as you expect, will be a deep, penetrating look at the 2021 draft class with a very, very special guest, our very own uh, draft guru that we met through our Nets fandom in the Brooklyn Block. He's been on two previous years. He is... Truly one of the best minds in the draft analysis game. Yeah. And we are lucky to have him each and every year because uh, two of the worst minds in the draft analysis game are <laughs> the two hosts of this podcast. Even right, even if he weren't a draft guru, there is a very, very good chance that he would have more draft knowledge than William and I. Yes, substantially. So that'll be next weekend. But right now what you've got is a hodgepodge of Nets news. Let's start with the headline of the week. You ready? <laughs> yes. Headline I'm of ready. the week is Nets look to add medical staff in wake of injury-filled season. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's the off-season when that's the headline of the week. <laughs> So they looked at medical staff in the wake of an injury-filled season. One one thing is certainly true about that headline. It was an injury-filled season. But, Simon, <laughs> do you think that there's any amount of medical staff in the world that is going to help this Nets team not have an injury-filled season? William, sometimes it's about quality, not quantity. Uh, and maybe if it were the quantity of people like if like so let's say it was the quantity of people that caused not just kevin durant but also james harden to um repeatedly injure their hamstrings uh like for some some reason like you know somebody was like okay james i'm gonna i'm gonna run get a drink of water uh but i'll be right back and then you know in that period of time it's is when james harden re-injured his hamstring sure maybe he needs somebody to spot the guy when he needs a water break um so that james doesn't injure himself but i just i just don't believe it i i this is throwing good money after bad here i feel like so there's there's a critique often leveled at overly cerebral athletes 
Mm. Uh, and they say it's paralysis by analysis, right? Uh. You just get in your head a little too bit. You're not you, you, at a certain point uh, when you, you're an athlete. You know, your body knows what to do, right? But your head can sometimes get in the way. Ah, uh, yes. When you when you when you start to overthink things a little too much, and personally. I think that could be what's happening in the Nets medical room. I'm sure <laughs> that they have a number of very uh, high-achieving, high-test-scoring individuals in the room, right? But yeah. uh, whatever all those big old brains are doing together, it's not seeming to work, right? Yeah, um, right. I think they need to. I think they need to come up with a radically different approach than whatever approach they have taken to team health over the course of our real fandom the last five or six seasons, because it has been uh, an injury plagued saga from beginning to end. And while much of the NBA uh, bemoans the seeming increase in star injuries over the course of this season, Simon? Yeah. Uh-huh. That is nothing new to a Nets fan. Literally no. every single season, our best players are the ones it, routinely getting hurt. Exactly. And that's and that's not... The other thing is, like, it's not like, um, you know, our coaches are, are Thibodeauing it out there. I mean, certainly in the postseason, my God, but... But the regular season, like Kevin Durant couldn't string together like more than two games um, without getting a rest day or a no back to back or hurting himself or what like they were very, very ginger, gingerly, um, you know, allowing these players to play at all. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, this doesn't inspire me with a great deal of faith. If they said like they were they were they were turning to homeopathic options or something, I feel like I would be more more excited, more hopeful. Right, that's right. That's 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 um, DQing something different there. Exactly. Uh, I want to introduce a new segment, Simon. That's called "How Crazy Is This Shit." <laughs> okay. Uh, Net sold the second most number of jerseys this season with all three of the big three coming in in the top 10 overall sales of jerseys. Do you think we've been above 20 before in the last <laughs> seven years? No, I can't imagine that we have. I'm trying to think, you know, because I... The only other time we might have had any sort of buzz was, um, uh, you know, the Kevin Durant or Kevin Garnett, um, Paul Pierce time. But yeah, that one burnt out pretty quick, though. Right. Um, And, you know, they were they probably weren't big Jersey draws at at that point in their career. Yeah. Uh, So what do you think? Is this going to translate to actual fans being in Barclays Center or? Is this just a phenomenon of, uh, you know, Jersey buyers in some far-flung country that are interested in these things and has no real bearing on on how big Nets Nation has grown? Yeah, I think it's more the latter. Um, and I say that in part because 
the um, I don't know if you saw this, and I I, I hope I'm not um, going out of order here, but the ratings were released, like overall season ratings for yeah. teams were released, and the Nets are an improved but still pretty pathetic, like point six eight or something like that. Compare that, to, which I realize doesn't mean anything, and believe me, I don't understand ratings either. But it by comparison, like the Knicks were like a 1.24 and like the best were the Lakers with like a 1.94. So like, so where were we in the, uh, in the total teams? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that, <laughs> but I mean, usually uh, they're, they're the bottom or right, right near the De- bottom. Definitely. So I think we're trending in the right direction, but I think that second it, you know, if you were to extrapolate that and say like, are we the second most popular team? Definitely not, um, just based on at least locally, um, because you know the ratings are um, indicative of a, I would guess like middle of the pack, may, maybe top third, but probably middle of the pack team. Okay, well I hadn't seen that yet, so that's intriguing. hot off the presses. I should have sent it, but um, but yeah, yeah, maybe maybe we'll save that till. It's such old news that it almost feels like new news again. So in like <laughs> yeah. a month, we'll get to that, and people will be like, "Whoa, is this is this is this breaking?" Or, you know, have I forgotten that it ever happened? Right, right, sure, could could be. Maybe we'll have an entire episode dedicated to the TV <laughs> uh, ratings a month after that they, they've come out. Would watch, William. Would watch. Yeah, no, it sounds like good stuff. All right. Now, though, Simon, we are going to be talking about John Hollinger's top 20 free agents and free agency in general because, as we both know, the offseason is nothing without rampant and chronic speculation about free agency. Who's going where? Who's getting traded? Who's staying? What are we signing them for, et cetera, et cetera. So interestingly, in John Hollinger's top 20 free agents, and this is based on something I forget his acronym. It's like Bork or something like that. Bored dollar sign, right? B-O-R-D dollar sign. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is some weird algorithmic way he has for valuing players. And in it, Bruce Brown, beloved net, fan favorite Bruce Brown, the smallest center in the whole damn town. <laughs> uh, he has Bruce Brown ranked at the 14th most eligible free agent this season, valued at over $14 million, which puts him over big-name free agents like Norm Powell, Evan Fournier, Kevin Ke- Kelly Olenek, and another net coming in at 18, hilariously, Spencer Dinwiddie. Simon, do you think this is an accurate valuation of these two players? I think that it is accurate about Spencer. I think it is a bit rich for Bruce Brown. Um, And, you know, to be fair to Hollinger, like his his like analysis, his his words um, following this this rating do say like, yeah, he's probably not going to get this. 
it, you know, his skill set is very unique and may not really work with, you know, a lot of teams. Um, not, not every team, for example, is, um, really looking for a six foot four center who can like catch lobs from, um, you know, your two very elite point guards. Um, but you know, I think, but I do think that it's, I think it's telling about Spencer too, because like, again, the Nets vision, Nets fans vision of Spencer Dinwiddie is like his game. Win- I mean, you know, who are at least positive on Spencer Dinwiddie, which I would say you and I are maybe not so much, but, but the, the memories are like, Oh, you know, his game winning shots, his incredible, uh, you know, times that he's, he's, he's poured in the points and, and, um, been good in the clutch and, you know, on and on and on. But like, just taking a step back away from the fandom, you see, as Hollinger points out, that he shoots 31% from three for his career, that he shoots a very low percentage from the field. Um, like last year, I think it was like 40%, uh, not last year that he played like two games, but the, the, the year previous. So like, yeah, that is fair to wonder, like, do we really think he's going to get a big payday? Cause why? <laughs> Like, I'm not sure why you would. <clears throat> I mean, I think you would really have to buy into Spencer Dinwiddie's self-conception of himself in order right. to give him a massive payday. His uh, interview on Howard Beck's crossover, Simon, which I, I sent to you but told you you could be spared having to listen to. I appreciate uh, Begins with him double-downing on him. Uh, dub, sorry, doubling down on him being the best uh, free agent point guard this year. Okay, okay. Uh, He also claims he would definitely have played had the Nets made it to the finals. Okay. Impossible Um, to disprove. Right. He seems to not have even met James Harden yet. (laughs) Okay, interesting. Like, he says he still has some friends on the team, like DeAndre Jordan and... uh, Nick Claxton and Joe Harris, Joe Harris. But he says he basically doesn't know James Harden at all. And the final thing he's doing when not um, making the quote-unquote quickest knee recovery in the history of humanity, mm-hmm. which he he continues to hammer. Like, I came back quicker than anyone else. And Howard Beck's like, yeah, but you didn't really get a chance to come back, so can you say that? Um, but that doesn't matter because he would have come back in the finals. Right, okay. In spite of Steve Nash pretty bluntly saying he had no knowledge of that being the case. <laughs> But he has a new endeavor to keep him busy when not recovering, Simon. Have you heard about this? What's that? I think it's called... I have it written down as Galaxy, but I believe it's not Gal... I think it's called Galaxy. Oh, his, like, uh, currency or something? Yeah, it's... He describes it in classic sort of, like, Silicon Valley venture capital speak. You know, it used to be, like, this is the Uber of blank, right? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what what all the the, uh, smartest disruptors would say for a six-month period. Now, uh, his, his, his description of it's captures the current zeitgeist he says it's like a mix of cameo and nfts oh okay okay 
That is very current. <laughs> it's extremely current. It's a way for uh, talent and creatives, Simon. A, oh, okay. a term I absolutely abhor. <laughs> creatives. Um, <laughs> that it, it's a way for talent and creatives to monetize themselves. Okay. Uh, by translating something that they are or do into an NFT. Got it. Yeah. So, like, if you want Spencer Dinwiddie to come to your birthday party, you can get on Galaxy, and there's a certain exchange rate that you can get based on... Right. Okay. Some I gotta sort say, of non-fungible token. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta say, couldn't you just use Cameo for that? <laughs> well, Simon, you'll be excited to hear they have over 120 um, uh, creatives who have already okay. signed on. Okay. Um, and there's going to be a big release pretty soon. It might have already released. And is he? What is his role in this venture? It sounds like he is the co-lead on this. Okay. I, I, I do just want to also mention that if people are looking for um, a site with even more than 120 um, creatives, uh, Cameo has thousands. <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't have Cameo. I don't have stock in Cameo to my knowledge. I'm just saying there is a service for this. Apparently... Uh, he was saying that he, he he made it he made this point a couple times that mm-hmm. it was triple X content free. Okay. So I, I'm not I'm not I don't have my nose to the ground on the latest cameo uh, news and information, but I right. think that perhaps there is some um, I don't know uh, blowback on the idea that they allow triple x uh performers <laughs> to create cameos okay i just i mean i don't know that's nothing, the term he used okay this is nothing not says me. nothing says <laughs> nothing says william is familiar with triple x content i mean i assume he's like talking about porn stars right <laughs> so for those on cameo offering triple x content <laughs> For creatives, believe it or not, there were some older people. We were some of the older people at the bar on Saturday. Yeah, you would you wouldn't believe it. Uh, By the way, we we can just fluently and casually discuss all kinds of content from triple X to double X to single X. (laughs) The full pantheon of X we can discuss. Yes, exactly. So they're talking porn stars. So I guess you can get a porn star to do something on Cameo. Okay. And he wanted to make it really clear that his platform does not allow such triple X behavior. One of the people, this is another testament to our youth and with itness, was, (laughs) I don't remember the name, but I believe he was one of the, a bachelor. Okay. Okay. A former bachelor. All right. On the show, The Bachelor. Yes, I got it. Yeah, not just a man who is <laughs> not, not right, currently right. betrothed. A single man <laughs> is one of the star-studded lineup. 
he was able to scour the landscape of contemporary America and find <laughs> one single man out there <laughs> who he is going to send into NFT superstardom. Got it. <laughs> Oh, which I guess is just a really long-winded way of saying, yeah, I guess I kind of agree with John Hollinger's uh, assessment. I definitely don't think that Spencer Dinwiddie is um, has proven that he is like he he continues to compare himself to like a Fred Van Vliet type guy who got I think like eighteen million or so a year. Um, surely he has put up numbers like where his scoring numbers are perhaps a little bit better than Fred Van Vliet's, I think. Right. Uh But Uh as you were pointing out, that come, it's, it's wildly inefficient. Like he's just not a good shot maker, not an efficient shot maker. He is good at getting to the basket. We've already brought up the concerns that since his number one skill is getting to the basket, um, his most recent traumatizing injury could uh, make teams a little weary of how good he may be at that. Again, um, but, yeah, it sounds like he's probably not going to be back with the Nets. I don't think Bruce Brown is probably going to get $14 million from the Nets. No. I hope not. But I do hope that Bruce Brown is, I mean, uh, whatever. Yeah, if they want to pay him and he gets fourteen, great. I don't want to begrudge him that. But I kind of doubt that they would, they'd be willing to go that high for him. I agree. Uh, all right, a couple other free agency rumors, Simon. Brian Lewis buried in some awful article I read recently. Bur- you know, like how sometimes he drops. There's like the story, which the headline is about. And then there yeah, are a couple, yeah. se- a couple sections towards the bottom that are complete non sequiturs. Yeah. Bips and bobs, nicks and nuggets. Exactly. Nips so this nuggets. is one of the nips and nuggets, Simon. Nip, <laughs> nip sounds vaguely triple X. Right. That is, I'm not trying to be triple X here. I would be safe for... Uh, Spencer's 120-person strong venture. <laughs> uh, quote from Brian Lewis, Nets look to add... What? God damn it, that is definitely not the quote I was looking for. The quote I was looking for, which I did not um, accurately copy and paste, was about how the <laughs> Nets may be interested, if memory serves, the Nets might be interested in Nerland's Noel. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Uh, so Nets might be interested in Nerland's Noel, but I think Nets Nation would like to know, is Simon McCormick interested in Nerland's Noel? I guess, but here's the thing. It seems to me, William, that we have been adding a, a, number, a fair number of um, sort of like um, – rude two dudes at the bo- at the like end of our bench so like Mike James um uh is that it i feel like there was maybe anyway maybe that's it but my my point is like with somebody i remember many many years ago when we were talking about like ooh is Nerlens Noel worth the baggage right cuz he was Rick Carlisle had benched him there were stories constant stories about how he had a bad attitude, but we were like, well, you know, this guy is such a young, promising guy that it's worth taking a swing at. But now, Nerlens Noel is, you know, possibly more than a minimum, bet minimum guy. And like, whatever baggage there is, maybe there isn't bag, maybe he's matured, that's certainly possible. But like, whatever baggage lingers, like, why add that when there are a million 
like so many players who do exactly what Nerlens Noel does, like block shots, rebound, some toughness, not super switchable, but you know can can guard the rim. Like that's just an incredibly replicable skill in the in the NBA. So I would be fine. All of that said, I'd be fine with it, but I am not excited about that prospect. He's a pretty elite rim protector. Okay. Um, and yeah, a good rebounder. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think he's uh, he's moving the needle. And frankly, I think he would just clog things up for the true hero, uh, Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton, sure. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, I'm not totally enamored with him. But if we got him, that would suggest maybe we're really going to be trying to get rid of. DeAndre Jordan, which, you know, I would be um, truly thrilled by. Oh, yes. All right. Other free agency thing that's burbling in a non-triple-X sort of way. (laughs) No triple-X burbling here. Normal, normal PG burbling. Exactly. Bring Reggie Perry back? Question mark? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Should we? I don't care. I mean... <laughs> Reggie I, Perry's amazing. Okay. I, you continue to think that. Uh, I mean, again, I... I think he is one of the best 55th picks I have ever seen. But <laughs> I... He was not really all that playable last year. And, like, were we in a situation that we have been in the past where... You know, clear the bench, play one through fifteen. Who cares? It's about development. Like, interesting to see. Maybe he'll he'll develop a three point shot. There's some some promise there. Maybe you know he's a good rebounder, build the skills or whatever. But in a time you know where it's like this is the year of championship or bust. Like last year, if you thought last year's pressure cooker was going, um, this year will be even more intense. So I'm just not sure. There's much of a role for for Reggie. Okay. I I still have a lot of faith in him. I like all the young guys on this team. I think he okay. has a ton of upside. I agree he probably won't be able to develop as much as he might be able to in another organization, but I also it would pain me to see him go to another organization and then become, you know, a good roto- rotation player on another team. Yeah. Plus, KD said nice things about him. Steve Nash has said nice things about him. Oh, uh, he's the other rude two dude, by the way, that I was yes, thinking of. Yes, he, he is supposed to, But uh, I haven't heard any of that since he's joined the NBA. But, yes, that is supposedly why he, he dropped so far in the draft. Um, all right. So before we turn to Van Gogh's ear cafe and restaurant, Simon. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, what news in Nets Nation did, have I missed? Uh, I, I think that pretty much covers it. That's it. You don't got, you don't, you don't got anything I didn't get. Um, this is a sleepy off season, ain't it? (laughs) Well, here, let me, I'll, I'll, I'll throw one at you, William. So we, last we talked, um, yesterday, Sorry, not last week. Sorry, last week podcast talk. Okay. We right. We we are in near constant communication. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> that is not what I mean. Um, 
in terms of talking on this podcast, we were both very high on Kevin Love. Oh. Uh, as as we did talk about off mic, because again, when you talk to someone so much, you are inevitably going to talk some nets. Um, he has dropped out of playing with Team USA because of a lingering calf injury. I have read from some reporter, I think it's the athletic guy who covers the Cavs, that he struggled mightily or some, some sort of description that sounded like he was pretty bad in, um, in his time with Team USA. Um, and it's just going to go, uh, you know, rehab, I guess, um, for the rest of the year. Has that um, changed your feelings on, on him? Yeah, I came in super hot on Kevin Love uh, last week, as you rightly point out, Simon. And <laughs> he immediately, after we talked about him, put up two horrific games was roundly <laughs> mocked by anyone who saw them. I didn't see either of them. And yeah, then has subsequently dropped off the team, citing injury as as an, a what many claim is an excuse. Now, oh really? I am not one of the many, Simon. Okay. Okay. okay I'm not being. I'm not going to be cynical here. And say it's over for Kevin Love. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to assume he really genuinely is still injured. Uh, But I will say that I love what's happened because a lot of people thought this was how he was going to rehab his value. Mm -hmm. He He would showcase what he's still got. And teams would be salivating over him. Now, the exact opposite's happened. If he wasn't already a laughing stock, he now very much is. And I think he could be had for bargain basement prices. Okay. Interesting. And I think he is, as I said last time, as safe a bet as a guy like um, LaMarcus Aldridge or uh, Blake Griffin. Okay, okay. If not, a little safer. Uh, are, are, are you still fully off? I'm not that high. Uh, I mean, I, I, I was high uh, as well last week. Um, I have It has rattled my confidence, uh, I think, much more so than you. But I would be totally fine. I would rather, let's say this, I would rather have him than Nerland's Noel. I think there would be a more exciting sort of higher uh, risk, but higher reward potential there um, from a Kevin Love. And so I would, I would still be quite intrigued if, if the Nets um, signed him, but I am no longer like, Ooh, that would be a coup. That would be amazing. You know, he could start like I'm, kind of backburnering those expectations. Yeah. Great question. Thanks for bringing it up. It warranted um, a mea culpa, really. Well, no, I mean, we don't, you know, we're not in charge of his health. No, we certainly are. So, you know, I don't think we deserve any blame. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, why don't we then, Simon, turn just a slight... A scance, we'll say a scance slightly, ever so slightly, from Nets Nation, and 
drill down into what was mentioned at the top of the podcast, which is one of your favorite Dutch artists of all time. I think he, mm. for you, he outranks uh, a Franz Halls or uh, a Rembrandt. Would you, would you say? Oh yeah, I do. I I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say I don't like Rembrandt. Oh boy, boy. Yeah, that's we, right. We can we can get we can uh, circle back to that off mic for sure. Um, <laughs> seen one Rembrandt, seen them all. He did it first. He did it worse. <laughs> So we went to a, a very, very, as Simon said, immersive. You're cutting in and out for me, buddy. For you? Hello. 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 Well, folks, we had some rather serious technical difficulties there. And as a result, the extraordinary restaurant adventure that Simon and I were going on to Van Gogh's Ear, a West Village cafe, uh, was not actually recorded, which I know is heartbreaking. Anyway, uh, hopefully you enjoyed our other Nets talk. Um, I know that we enjoyed Nets talking at you. Um little bit of a teaser here. We have recorded our pre-draft podcast. It's going to drop next Saturday morning. We've got James Kelly on, who knows significantly more about the NBA draft than either Simon or I do. Uh, So be looking out for that. Uh, In the meantime, hit us up at maybe next time at gmail.com with any questions or concerns you may have about the debts, about global warming, about our food supply, about anything that might be on your mind. Uh, truly, anything. Um, until then... I suppose we will go ahead and see ya. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. And in the personal columns, this letter I read If you like Pina Colada